0: Welcome to the Hyper Guy Motivational Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I have two wonderful guests here today, and today we're going to be talking about self-defense, kind of the warrior mindset, physical fitness stuff, and just um, kind of preparing yourself to be out there in the community if anything were ever happened. Um, we have Marty Armanderis and we have Terry Hawkins. Um, hey, Jake. How you doing? Hey, Jake, Do you want to be the hyper
1: guy? Is that what I'm supposed
0: to address you? Or do I call you FIG? I've always you, can, you. you can just call me Whatever. Okay, Whatever you want to call me. Yeah. So Marty Armendariz has over 20 years in law enforcement. He's a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, former MMA fighter. He worked on various emergency response team and fugitive ha- apprehension teams in, in government service. And he is an old-school MMA fighter fighting with the likes of Jake Shields and so forth. We have Kerry Hawkins. Kerry Hawkins has a BS in organizational psychology. She's a minor in statistics. She made sure that I, I said that. Uh, <laughs> you can say it again. And she's a, this she's minor,
1: a, a lot of work. And <laughs> she's,
0: she's the owner of Carrie Hawkins. She's Consult- not shy,
1: so you can talk about her as much as you'd
0: like. So. <laughs> as, as she's the owner of Carrie Hawkins Consulting. It's a company that's inspiring and ups, upskilling professional organizations through disruptive learning techniques that promote greater retention and produce uh, impactful change and impact change. So thank you so much for both of you being here. (laughs) That's
2: what I do. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Martin. Yeah, thank
0: you. So I'm going to just go, uh, I've never had two people, so this will be kind of interesting. So I'll just ask you these questions individually, but I'll ask them at one time, but you guys can answer individually. Um, So Marty, where were you born and raised? Pomona, California. And when- Kind of East LA. I
1: don't know if you know where it's at, but for people that don't know, it's kind of the East side of LA, so county.
0: And- when you grew up, do you have brothers and sisters? And
1: I did. I had one sister I never met. She was adopted. I have another brother that died at birth. And so I had one brother. So, yeah, a younger brother.
0: And what was your relationship when you were growing up with your parents?
1: Uh, I came from a single, uh, one mother family. Um, it was okay. Yeah. Elaborate on that. Okay. So, yeah, well, my I mean, mother, you family. Know, I, we never. I mean, but you my, knew your dad. I saw him, him a few times. A few times during growing up. Yeah. 100%. So
0: what? What kind of? What kind of stuff did you do when you were growing up? What kind of got you? Were you always into physical fitness and working out?
1: Mm, yeah. I guess. I guess I kind of was. I was always like the hyper guy. I was always wanting to move and do stuff. So um, playing a lot of sports and just kind of moving around, and playing outside a lot. Not like kids nowadays on the video games. Always out running around. Um kind of like probably the way you grew up in Oakland it wasn't the best area so you kind of learned to fight you kind of learned to take care of yourself so I think that that's kind of uh sports and then kind of being able to take care of yourself type thing I don't know if that makes that translates to a lot of people but you kind of got to be able to take care of yourself or you get pushed around or at least look like you can take care of yourself so.
0: yeah. and then what what were your expectations like in school did you do pretty well in school or what did you who were you kind you of know I, I
1: asked, my mom never graduated from high school and i asked her one time i said i kind of grew up in a drug house so there was a, you know selling drugs and cops busting down the doors and things like that so i didn't kind of have a lot of maybe it was a different set of values than a lot of people kind of grow up with so i asked my mom i, I didn't like school because i wasn't good at it and i said i want to drop out and her answer to me was not like i would tell my kids like my kids mm-hmm. You're going to college. You gotta graduate. That's kind of my mentality for education. She goes, "You can't drop out yet because you'll get in trouble and they might take take you away from me. You can drop out when you're 16." So I thought about. I said, "Well, that's a couple of years. Go can hold on until then." But long story short, I found I did find sports, and that kind of kept me in. I'm like, "Oh, I love sports!" And you got to keep a C average, and it's like, "Well, I can do that in order to play sports." So
0: what what kind of sports did you play?
1: I actually did football, wrestling, and, and I ran sprints track. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so you did that throughout high school.
1: I did. And then, you know, because of my size, I was thinking, what's my best chance to get a scholarship and go do this in college? And it, it just made sense. Wrestling was my ticket to, to go to college because my academics were the best. So, so, ex- was for me.
0: so So did you have any role models when you were in high school or growing up?
1: Yeah, probably, I would say maybe, like, football players, like um, uh, Herschel Walker, uh, oh, who played for the Chicago um, refrigerator? wasn't the refrigerator. It was, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, yeah, like, it's like Herschel Walker, um I'm trying to think of the running back Walter for the Payton. Walter Payton. Yeah. yeah. Good job. yeah Walter Payton. My brother was a
2: Chicago fan, Yeah.
1: Math, yeah. So. Walter Payton. So those are people I look up to. <laughs>
0: And so you, so you did very, very well in, in wrestling. So can you describe what kind of your, what kind of training was you had when you were in high school and yeah, how, so how did that focus you? How did they recruit you?
1: I think, I think how I worked is, you know, um, kind of the, the family, the way I was brought, brought up, there was a lot of dysfunction, I guess. So I, I what I was able to do is transfer probably a lot of things that I wasn't happy with as a child, you know, having anger issues and things because of the, the way I grew up, I think I was able to transfer that into a positive, into sports, to where I was able to use that energy or use that, I would hate to say it, but maybe anger, towards directed towards something positive. So I was able to get that out and actually relieve that through sports. And wrestling was a way to be able to do that. So um, it was just me, another guy, we get on there, and the outcome just it basically was either me, I, I decided that outcome is you know, by putting my best foot forward. And um, and I just think I excelled at it because that was it was something that was controlled. Like I I actually wrestling rooms and when I stepped on the mat, I felt at home like that was a comfortable place for me to be. I controlled whether I lost or won. I had something I had something to do with that process. Whereas, yeah.
0: And what was your wrestling career like in high school? How, how did you get discovered I mean, you went. Where did you go to end up going to college and get a scholarship for wrestling? I,
1: I went to Cal State Fullerton, which was a Division One. They've cut the, the the program now, but I got a scholarship to Cal State Fullerton, and and um, yeah, I, I did well enough to be able to get a get a scholarship. So,
0: so how would you? How were you discovered? Were you? I mean, were you dominating matches? I mean, that was a very very good school at the time in terms of wrestling, to to get recruited yeah. to a to Division One school.
1: I had uh, four losses. I just had four losses. I had something like, oh, I don't know, 50 wins and four losses, and that was enough to get me. You know, I, if I would have, you know, went undefeated, then I could have looked at, like, Oklahoma State or Iowa or somewhere in the Midwest, but with the four losses, it was
0: still a Division I, which, was,
1: you know, I was happy to go into. But,
0: yeah. And, Carrie, tell, tell me about you growing up. Well, Tell me about where you were born and raised. And
2: Yeah, so I was born in the Bay Area. I actually born in Fremont. Um, I'd have to say that I probably lived a little bit different, quite a bit different life, um, as a child than Marty described, um, pretty standard, I would say maybe upper middle-class family. Parents have been married for over 50 years. Um, went to Mission San Jose High School, was a fairly good student, pretty, actually... I should say very good, very good student. I liked school. Um, I liked the social aspects of it. Um, I was into both team sports and kind of individual sports. I was a swimmer. I started swimming when I was probably B six. I wasn't necessarily good or dominating enough in any particular area to get a scholarship, like my partner over here. Um, but like, I actually am fairly short, five, three and a half. So swimming, I kind of peaked at a level there. Um, but dancing was really kind of something that I think I excelled in and we did that competitively, um, throughout high school when we won a national uh, competition. Um, so, but that was more of a team sport, right? So I liked the social aspect of it and all of that. Um, I was always very competitive. And looking back, I'm surprised I didn't get into something like, say, wrestling or something that was a little bit more combative and competitive, because that's definitely my personality. Um, But women didn't really, you know, girls didn't do that back then. Um, I love watching some of the girls that I've trained with in jujitsu, seeing them, the younger ones competing and wrestling and all of that. And I just think to myself, I wish I would have been geared more towards
1: that because yeah. I think it would have been really. One of our one of our students uh, that we just have, she just plays fifth in state. So, yeah. So we that. all kind that's of one watch one of that workout partners and help coach herself. So,
2: yeah. so and, that's and- something that I want to make sure I instill with my kids. But yeah, so that's and- kind of how I grew up
0: and Carrie, did you have any role models growing up and there, was there anything that you kind of did you have any idea what you wanted to do when you're growing up I, I, it looks it seems like i know marty went down the wrestling track which i think is i mean there's somewhat discipline in wrestling so what kind of kept you on track
2: so i will say that because i enjoyed the social aspect of high school as well um i think what kept me on track like marty said was sports and participation. So my dance team was part of the high school. Um, You know, you were required to, it was incredibly disciplined because we were competing nationally. We trained every day. I had to keep a certain level of GPA. And so that kept me really kind of focused on school and making sure that I did well in school so that I can continue to compete, um, whether it was dancing or swimming, whatever sport that I was doing at the time it was a requirement that i did well in school so i was kind of lucky that i enjoyed school and i liked i was pretty good at it um and i was also required to be good at it because i had to i I really did that to kind of continue um with my competition teams and all of that and it kept me out of trouble i mean any teenager whether you grew up in pomona or in mission san jose and fremont there's trouble everywhere that you can get into and nowadays even more so right so i think Um, for me, one of the things that my mom always said to me was, or she was very adamant that I stay in some form of sport or training or competition because she knew that it would keep me out of trouble. Oh, can I add something
1: just like to know Carrie, she does not take one moment out of her day. Like she is doing one thing after the other. So I imagine, I know if she was my daughter, I'd be thinking, okay, we've got to keep her busy because she is constant. Like she, there's no dead time. It's from one thing to the next. That's
2: actually funny. My mom, yes. She would say now is I had to keep you busy because I idle hands, right? I had a lot of energy and I would say my role model, whether I knew it or not looking back, I mean, certainly in my, Um, adult years is my mom, but really ultimately even like growing up, like my mom was just, (laughs) she drove me nuts at times, but um, she just knew how to manage me and get the best out of me and keep me focused and directed. And like at that, during my career, I can look back to probably one or two bosses that had that same like ability to just sort of know what i needed like give me enough rain to be able to do um and excel and experience things but know when to kind of rein me in because i've got a personality that's like yeah. 150 percent she's nothing. very
1: explosive yeah she's but her <laughs> mom is great i mean even to this day she'll like, i'm gonna call my mom i'm gonna check with my mom or you know we get in yeah every day i consult with her on a daily mean, basis
0: it, it it seems like the theme for both of you in it is is that you both had passion and direction and had discipline something to help you stay disciplined and motivated so that yeah. you, it, so it kept you on the right track moving forward and do you have any brothers and sisters Carrie?
2: i do i have an older brother he's three years older he lives in the city
0: and what was, you, what was your relationship like with your brother and your and your your father
2: well that's opening up the
0: can of worms now i kidding <laughs>
2: My dad will probably listen to this. Um, No. uh, So, my dad traveled. So, I actually, probably from a career perspective, my dad was a role model as well. Incredibly hard worker, so much so that he was gone probably 90% of the time as I was growing up in the early days. He traveled internationally, he was a salesman um, in like the tech industry, which was the tech industry back then, like tapes and videos and all that kind of stuff. So he was an incredibly hard worker, um, supported the family amazingly. He was just gone a lot. And my brother is very different than me, much more reserved, much quieter. My mom's the same way. Um, it's funny. We had a conversation because he said to my mom recently, I wish I wasn't so hard on Carry when we were growing up, and I don't feel like he was that hard on me. But I know when I first went into jujitsu and got on the mat, a lot of people can be very intimidated by that. But I was like, oh god, my brother beat the shit out of me like my whole life. So this, I'm not afraid of this at all. I'll roll with guys. I'll roll with girls. Um, but overall, my brother and I had a pretty typical combative brother sister relationship. We fought. And but we also kind of, you know, had each other's backs and we have a really great relationship. Would you now. say your
1: father has a strong personality?
2: My dad has an incredibly. So she
1: really took after her
2: incredibly father. strong personality. So my dad and I were very kind of like butt heads because we were so much alike. Where which is probably good that he was gone a lot. Otherwise, we probably would have killed each there. other. Um, but my brother and my mom are much more reserved.
0: So, so what? So do you think, I mean, you, you've resolved stuff with your dad at this point. Um, in retrospect, um, it sounds like you learned something out of that. I mean, is your relationship much better now?
2: Definitely. Definitely. He's, as he's gotten older, he's softened. And as I've gotten older, I've softened. So again, I look back and I, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I got so much of my strength and my, expression and my passion from my dad and yeah I look at my daughter now who also has that and we're a little combative you know I know that it's going to be a little bit more difficult for me to raise her than it is my son who's a little easier going um but yeah you know it takes time and years of experience and wisdom to kind of look back and go oh There's all the great things about my dad that i got that drove me nuts when i was a kid and made us fight all the time
0: (laughs) and and Mart, let me ask you so you went on to college you went on to um to wrestle in college and what was that experience like for you
1: um i i just had a blast uh my whole wrestling career and in college um in high school internationally I mean, I just had a blast. I had such fun. I just love competing. I love the camaraderie. I love working out. I mean, these are things that um, just made me feel good. I, I just enjoyed it. It's just been a part of my life. I think since the first time I did some type of wrestling or, you know, do the jujitsu, it's been 40 years or over 40 years. So a good proportion of my life has been in wrestling mats, jujitsu rooms, boxing, um, Muay Thai places. That's where I still at home so yeah um well, I mean, well, so
0: what was it like the training when you first went into you said you wrestled internationally did you have you wrestled all over the world and how did that transform? yeah i
1: actually placed internationally i placed fifth in the world internationally which um which i felt good about i could have kept going on at the time i think i did that and i was like 20 i don't know if i was 20 or 21 and i just looked and i said okay well this has been a good wrestling career I there's not a lot of money in wrestling, like, you know, as far as just amateur wrestling and the guys that were above me were pretty phenomenal. Like I had Dave Schultz and it would have been pretty hard to bump him from the, from the Olympic team. And he, I mean, he was already an Olympic gold medalist. So I was like, okay, that's good. I was like, okay, this has been a good experience. And I was happy with that.
0: So what, so what kind of goes through your mind when you have in wrestling, uh, what were your training days like and what was going through your mind during the matches? Oh, that's a good,
1: uh. you know, it's kind of a weird thing. I I don't want to get too much. For me, it's almost like a a spiritual experience. So when you're on, like when you're training and you can get clicked in, and I always make a reference to like driving, you know, when you like you get a new driver and the person's driving and they're totally focused on what they're doing, which are probably safer drivers, right? Because we're like, oh, wait, my phone went off. And, oh, I'm changing the station on my radio because we're doing the driving automatically. So it's almost an out-of-body experience. So when I peaked during wrestling or jujitsu or during the MMA fighting, it was almost you'd get to a point your training and your, your working out would become so proficient that it was almost an out-of-body experience. You could literally step out of yourself and watch yourself perform. I don't know if that if that makes sense to, I know I know you've done jujitsu and I don't know if it's experience that other people get in the thing, but I thought when I'm peaking, it was almost like a, I could step out and watch myself from the outside because it was an effortless um, to do.
0: So, so you, what kind of training did you do uh, for wrestling? What was your, what did you, were you pretty strict with your diet and um, what was your training regimen like for wrestling?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. Say you had a diet horribly. <laughs> yeah, I get pretty good genetics. I think I mean actually, it's funny because Carrie recently has probably gotten me to eat more healthy recently than I've probably eaten most of my life. I've got good, like fast um, metabolism. So I eat pretty horribly, but, um, but I am constantly working out. So, I mean, I'm constantly burning calories and I've done that my whole life. Um, But I work hard. I train Mm -hmm. vigorously. I trained, you know, I remember going to the camps in Iowa and the whole mentality of just train harder than the people that you're going to, you know, you're going to compete against. My idea was What's he doing at this time? You know, is he out running, or is he lifting weights, or is he in the wrestling room? You know, you know, whoever it was like the people that I had to be. And my mentality was always to be the best in the world. Like, you know, anything I'd compete in, it was okay. I want to be the best in the world. What do I need to do that? You know, I mean, it wasn't that I would be the best in the world, but that was just the mentality. It's like I'm going to try for the best. Anything short of that, you know, I could live with. But I'm going to, I'm going to my potentials to try to, to be that number
0: one. person. So, what camp were you at in, in Iowa? They actually had an
1: Iowa. Jade Robinson. It was like a intensive wrestling camp or something. So yeah, you're gone. You just left. What is that behind you? I'm sorry. It's like squirrel. But oh, you're muted, Martin. Oh yeah, no. Came. Um.
0: There anyways. Um. So the, So you said you would. You would train in Iowa. And were there other Olympic level wrestlers there as well?
1: Well, that was just one of the places I trained. I mean, I've trained with world champions. I mean, I used to go to San Clemente and we'd have the Russian world team come and I'd train with those guys. So there'd be like five or six world champions in the room. Um, and as a matter of fact, it's funny because another MMA guy, we'd, I'd go down there with Dan Henderson and we would train with the Russians. He was on my wrestling team for a short time at Cal State Fort. And so, yeah. So, I mean, I was around world-class guys and training. And, and uh, you know, Dave Schultz, who I actually competed against, I lost, but I gave him a good run. Um, you know, I trained with him before and he was the gold medalist from our country in my weight class. So yeah, the, I mean, I've always been, able to, I've been fortunate to be able to train with, in all the disciplines that I've done with just the top guys in the world. I've just been.
0: So. so how do you, so how did you transition into MMA?
1: Oh, you know, it's, it's kind of a good question. I think I was, I was working out. I always like to work out and, um, a buddy of mine, Dave Terrell, who's got a school in uh, I think NorCal, he runs that school, but he was fight. He was a fighter and he goes, Hey, why don't you come over and do some, um, you know, train with us over at Caesar Gracie's. So I went over there and, um, you know, I thought, I thought, okay, I'm a pretty tough guy. You know, I'm a golden gloves boxer and I placed internationally in wrestling and go over there. And, uh, and I'd done some submissions through judo and some other places. I think I trained at some G- Jean LaBelle school. So I thought, okay, I'm a pretty tough guy. I remember going over to the Gracie's and just getting whooped. I mean, it was mm. quite a humbling experience. I mean, I remember going there and, and and so um it was Caesar Gracie in uh in which Caesar's been was phenomenal to I me. Mean, he's like, you can come here, train, fight for us, you know. And, and he opened the door for me and, and basically taught me the jujitsu. But I remember driving home after that first day of training and after just getting beat up on it, I'm thinking, do I really want to do this again? I'm like, do I want to start from the bottom and try to crawl my way back up. I was like, or I just want to live my life and just have a job and do a nine to five and and uh and I really struggled because I'm like I don't want to start again at the bottom. But I actually am happy. I said, you know what? No, I want to learn this stuff. I want to learn jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And and I'm so glad I did because it's just been
0: it's just been a wonderful
1: life. I've just enjoyed myself so thoroughly. So
0: so you got so you got to train with some of the best jujitsu guys and wrestlers in the world. I mean the Schultz family is 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 you know world renowned. And then he, and then some of their family members went out, went on to the UFC. So how did you? You started in the did you start in the Caesar Gracie school? And you said you were Dave Terrell. And how, I, how did, did how how'd you get connected to, you know, um, Jake Shields and uh, and Gilbert Melendez, his and- brothers,
1: and yeah. Um, so you know, the the from my aspect is it's always better to get to fight the toughest guys in the room, and then your competition should be the less tougher guys. So I always wanted to train with, the, find the best guys to train with. And then you'd look forward to your competition because you're like, oh my gosh, I get a break in my competition when I go and fight somebody else because the guys in the room are so tough. Um, but at that time, we we had a, I'm trying to think, they were, it was kind of strange now because they were younger than me. We had both uh, Nick and Nate Diaz, mm-hmm. Melendez, Jake Shields. Um, some of the older ones, which people would have to, unless they were really back old school, would be like, uh, um. Gil Castillo, you know, he was in with Dave Terrell. So we had a lot of guys. I, I trained with BJ Pinn. Um, it was kind of funny because he had kind of broke off from health and he didn't feel comfortable going to Caesar. So we'd actually go to his garage and throw down mats and train in his garage.
2: So we were these guys all in the Bay? Sorry, I'm going to ask a question. I'm doing- were these guys yeah, all no. in the Bay Area? So, in, in- or how did you connect with them?
1: Do you want to answer some of that? Because you know some of the starting up with some of that, these the first starts of the Gracies and stuff.
0: Well, no, I want to hear your story. You have to tell well, us how you can. that. the out. first
1: schools that opened up were, and I know you were around at that time too. But the first ones that opened up was the Caesar and in Half. And then we had some out in San Francisco. So there really was kind of in this area that uh, was the, the hub for jujitsu. So. cool. yeah.
0: And so what kind of, what was your training like with Jake Shields and Gabe and and, and DJ Penn, what was that experience like for you?
1: Uh, it was good. We would literally, I mean, we would literally just fight it out. We would fight it out. My first, um, my first MMA fight was, uh, I was training with Dave, Dave Terrell. And by the way, Dave Terrell is one of the toughest guys in the room. Like he, he literally is one of the toughest guys I've ever trained with. It didn't really translate out into, You know, he didn't win all these MMA. He he's done. He was had a successful MMA career, but he literally was just one of those guys that just couldn't get a better training partner. But I remember we were training, and I literally split his eye open where he had to go get stitches. And Caesar turns and looks at me, and he goes, "You're fighting." So he goes, "You're taking his place." That was how. That was my introduction to MMA. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm taking Dave's place." That's that's what happened. So.
0: And then, uh, and so then when you started, what was your first MMA fight? Who was I, it with and, and and where was it at?
1: It was, oh gosh, I, I don't even remember the name of the place. It was down in San Diego. And I'm just going to, it's, it's been a while back, but it was a tournament. You know, they had the tournaments and it was a tournament. And uh, the first fight I had was with a guy named Adrian Serrano. And well, I don't know how much I should say, but he wasn't, he was, Well, he had won a few weeks ago at heavyweight on Rumble on the Rocks. He was like thirty, he was like 30 and four losses. So he had had 30 fights, right? And he they I remember going into weigh-ins and it's like things are done a little bit more professionally now. And I remember looking at him and and me and Caesar, and I'm thinking he doesn't look like a 180 pounder. Like he looks bigger, right? But they're like, oh, don't worry about it. He weighed in. Well, I don't know how he won heavyweight you know, a couple weeks earlier at rumble on the rock, but whatever. It was like, you either fight him or you go home. Right. I'm like, wow, it's kind of a long ways to travel. And Caesar's like, and they didn't care. You know, the Gracie's they'll, they'll put you in with anybody. He's like, well, you're going to fight or not fight, whatever. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll fight him. But anyways, um, long story short, I had a, I, he was, I ended up beating him and winning that tournament. And, um, yeah, um, it's just, yeah. I just got in there and fought. And the weird thing about it's kind of different. Like, you know, when they, they talk about like, um, cage fighting or ultimate fighting or something it is a little bit different you can get into a wrestling match and you're kind of losing but you're not getting beat up or even in boxing you kind of cover up and you, you kind of let see at the time out. when mma you're that guy's on you he's punching you you've you, you got to fight you don't. you can't go wait time you know and another thing right before is i, I remember caesar telling me he kind of looked at me and he goes because i just want you to know i'll i'll never throw in the towel I'm like what like you never throw in the towel i go well I guess thanks for letting me know, but you know that you know exactly what I'm talking about, Fig. I see you laughing, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. The the, their mentality was, we're just never, you know, don't ever tap. We're never throwing in the towel. Yeah, yeah, it it was a
0: yeah, it was a different era. I think during that time, I never even knew what um, it was. Never like a point. It was never points. It was it was you tap out or you just go out. Right. But so, so let me ask you, what was your experience like? when you were actually in, in an MMA fight. And like you said, getting hit the first time and Wait, go and how ha- what's that experience like for you inside? You know, it's kind it's interesting inside.
1: now because the evolution of the sport. So now you got people who actually train MMA. They, they go to gyms and they've got people like me that'll go, okay, this is how you want to do this and that. It was kind of new at the time. So everything was kind of by experiment. So I'd box, I'd wrestle, i do jujitsu, right? Those are kind of hard to, to simulate in a room. So I remember going in there and, I'm, and this is my fight with Adrian Serrano. I go down to take a shot and he punches me, you know? And then, I mean, there's, like, there's things that you just never until you actually are in a fight that you're like, Oh, you can't do that. So you kind of was le- learning on the, on the go, right? It was like a learning on the go type of thing. Um, whereas now there's so much experience that somebody like me can go, no, you don't really want to put your face down there to try to get a shot. Cause you'll get punched in the face. You just kind of have to learn it. It's like, oh, that doesn't work. So anyways, that was my experience. Uh, uh, I do have a good story, but I feel like we're not letting Carrie talk. No, <laughs> She, was supposed, to, she was supposed to do most of the talking. <laughs> That's why I brought her. Usually I do, but everybody wants to hear about your stories. Keep going, Marie. Well, I have one more thing I'll tell. I remember the, the, the fighters meeting. This is my fighter meeting story. So I actually stopped going to the fighter meetings because back then, everybody would get in the room, all the fighters and the coaches, and we would discuss the rules of how we were going to do mma right and it was chaotic yeah you know, and you know i mean you'd have some characters in there you'd have some guy going oh we should be able to punch him in the privates and i'm thinking what what why was that why would we want to do that right but anyways you have some really strange people i'm like oh elbows to the head and then some people were getting mad because they were thinking elbows to the back of the neck was a good thing and i'm thinking that sounds good to me i don't want to get elbowed in the back of the head so it was very bizarre these rule meetings and but I remember one of the rules, they said, okay, listen, if, if the guy's up against the cage and he's grabbed, well, you weren't supposed to grab the cage, but if he's up against the cage and the guy's trying to do a heel hook on him and the guy stomps on his face, they go, that should be a rule. We're all agreeing that nobody should be able to stomp on another guy's face. And I thought that was a good rule, right? I do not want to stomp on anybody's face or get my face stomped on. So I'm like, that's a good one. I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. We can do this. So anyways, I'm warming up and I'm, I'm warming up right before the, I'm watching on the, the, the screen. I can see in the warm up area. I've been watching the fights. So I'm warming up and getting ready to go out there and fight. And I'm watching the fight and it's a good fight. So I'm okay. This is pretty cool. And the guy gets up against the cage. Another guy's trying to ankle lock him. And he literally stomps on the guy's face, knocks him out. And I'm like, wait, he can't do that. We did that. The rules, meeting. that was something that we all agreed on. <laughs> I see the ambulance come take the guy out. Right. And so I'm thinking, okay, well they're going to disqualify that guy. Cause that's, and they raised his hand. And I'm like, so I never went to a rule after that. I was done with the whole rules. I was like, it's a waste of time. They'd be calling me from the hotel room. Get down here. You got to come to the rules meeting. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. But I was like, before well, sure, Right. They didn't follow the rules back then. It was such a different dynamics. But anyways.
0: And so after your, so you, I know you stayed in Jitsu your whole career and you ended up going into a government agency and law enforcement and, 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 what was your kind of trajectory with that? You got into law enforcement. Did you continue doing your jujitsu and how did, did you continue training?
1: Yeah, I've always, um, for me, it's like a, an addiction, but it's a good addiction. It actually keeps me sane. I don't know if that makes sense. It's, I need to, um, it regulates me. So working out and training keeps me, it makes me a better person. Because I can, all my aggression or anything that I have, I leave it in jujitsu or wrestling or whatever. And then keeps me a calm person that I'm, a, I don't know, hopefully I'm a pleasure to be around or <laughs> I hope so. It depends on who you and, talk. You and, and,
0: and, and while you were in law enforcement, you you excelled in that area and you became like a, on a, a special teams and on fugitive teams and so forth. And you did a lot of that. So you were able to use a lot of that, you know, your experience. But one of the things I really, really like about you is when we talk about self-defense and the kind of the warrior mindset, and I'm going to get into that a little bit as well, but it's just your ability to speak with people and, and in, in those environments, you seem to be able to never let it get to the point where you need to use much physical force. You know, the, it's funny. The, in, in
1: that. A, yeah. And I know, That's you know this because, you know, it's funny people, me and you have a share a very similar background. And I know you're not going to talk about yourself on here, Fig, but we, we have such a similar background in a lot of things we do. And as you know, And 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 we talked about it before. If you're in a physical altercation on the street or law enforcement, you've kind of messed up. It's not that it doesn't happen, but if you're really good and if you're really using strategies of martial arts, or you know, you can actually you want to avoid the conflict. Like you want to try to deescalate and avoid it. And I think a lot of times with martial arts, it gives you a confidence that it's not about proving anything. It's about trying to come the easiest or, or mediate the, the the least resistance outcome that you can possibly get. And so for law enforcement, I was always looking for the avenue, we always say, and I know you know this term too, and we talked about it a little bit, the water over rocks. You know, the whole thing that, you know, I don't want to try to brute force somebody like in jujitsu where I'm going to force my will upon them or just who's the stronger guy. I want to manipulate them to where I can use the least amount of effort and I can still get my objective by submitting them or beating them same thing with the with law enforcement it's like I want to get my outcome if i had to arrest somebody or if i had to de-escalate a um hostile thing you want to talk them bring them down get your you know your um your reach your goal with the least amount of violence or or whatever but I think the confidence with the martial arts was I mean if it w- did come down to violence of action violence of surprise you, you had the confidence to know that you could do it even though that's which you always try to avoid.
0: Right. And that that's what I really, I, I really, I, I guess about had to be a couple, couple months ago, you suggested to me, you said you had a wonderful student um, named Carrie Hawkins that you really appreciated her because you said she had kind of a very, very good warrior, kind of a warrior outlook, a warrior mindset that she came in and she's built so much confidence in herself. And you were so, um, enamored and so impressed by her work ethic and how her drive and, and you said, Hey, Fig, I think, uh, we should have a podcast on. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, am going to let her, I'm going to open
1: this up for her, but you're absolutely right. I would say that she's brought, she brings her personality, which she, um, she has a championship mentality. Like she has a mentality that she's going to be good at whatever she does. So she came in with that kind of work ethic already. Um, but I just think it helped because I don't know if something like physical fighting, because, you know, basically jujitsu is kind of fighting with, with rules. And I think it put her in a new environment to where she's actually changed where she's physically fighting, but she always had that warrior mentality. She probably just didn't know how much of a warrior she was until she actually came into a jujitsu room. And I think now <laughs> that she knows, but yeah.
0: So let, let me ask you a real quick question. Like in terms of that mindset, um, what do you think, helps develop that mindset i know the training does but there's part of you you seem to have a very very good balance um and what do you think develops that mindset and i guess this is a question for both of you um if you can answer that question marty and then carrie you can give me some kind of insight on I'm going to let right. Carrie answer because no, I I want Carrie to take some good. of the talking. No, I, I was no, just going to no. sit here and let her talk all the whole
1: time. And then all of a sudden, no, I no. what did you do to me, Fig? You? You're making me talk. You know no, what I no. To
0: talk. So,
1: you answer that, and then I'll follow was, up on What was the question
0: again? So <laughs> what, what, what kind of suggestions do you have for people to develop that, <laughs> that warrior and training mindset? And when I mean the warrior mindset, it's not like you said. It, there's, a, there's a mental aspect, what you just talked about. Is being able to communicate with somebody confidently, but there's also the physical part of it. But what do you think are some skills that people should develop, and how do you develop those skills?
1: You know, I, I since since our emphasis, at least the way I, I perceive this, what we are doing here is you know jujitsu, and carries my student jujitsu, and I so I always perceive it as jujitsu is a physical way of doing things, um, and it's actually. I don't even have to go through the whole history of how jujitsu started the MMA, the Gracie's came over here, said, we'll find anybody. They were able to beat everybody. So the system is phenomenal, right? As far as it's, it sells itself. Um, but the strongest part of any system is your mind. Mm-hmm. Your mind is actually the strongest part. So jujitsu is a way to kind of exercise your body by making your mind stronger, but anything that you do is going to be the, the lead thing is that it's going to be your mind and your strength through your mind. I think jujitsu helps give you a stronger mind. And as you know, too, Fig, and I know you know, sometimes you're stuck in a situation. You just can't get out, right? And you're like, I'm in the coffin. I can't breathe. What am I doing here? But you got to use your mind. You've got to strengthen your mind and go. And I know me, I'll sometimes be in a position. I'm thinking, I can't breathe. I'm going to get my arm broken. Like Oh my gosh, I'm a black belt. I really can't let this happen. Everybody's watching. So I got to go, okay, I got to put myself on a beach somewhere and put myself in a really nice place and and I'm just going to relax. But what I'm saying and what I'm doing is I'm using my mind because my mind's stronger than my body. You know, my mind's going, okay, I'm done. But then I'm like, okay, I'm not going to let my body, no matter if my body gives out, my mind's not giving out. And so I think that that would, I think that may be what you're talking about as far as the warrior mentality.
0: Absolutely. And I think Carrie, yeah. you're a successful businesswoman. You're a very, very successful businesswoman. So what made you decide to take jujitsu and what has what, is, what has it done for you personally and professionally in terms of the way you look at things?
2: Yeah. So I think that I probably always had a fairly I have a strong personality. I'm competitive. I don't like to give up, right? So that's just sort of innate in me. But one of the things to kind of, I think, couple on what Marty was saying and to take it a step further. Um, throughout my career, I mean, I didn't enter my career at 21 years old, super confident and, you know, confident in what I do and I do it well, right? I had to, I had to go through. A lot of battles. I mean, there were different battles that Marty went through. I didn't take physical punches to the head, but I took punches. I mean, on a daily basis. I grew up in a very male-dominated market of medical devices. Um, I started in 2003, so still very one of few women that were really successful in med devices at the time, and I was one of the first women managers in the in the industry. So I took a lot of punches, but I also had a lot of little successes. And so it's those little successes that build the confidence, just layering on like bricks, right? And so 20 plus years later, even sometimes I go in and I have clients and it's like, God, can I do this job for them? Can I do it really well? And I think I have more experience than 90% of people um, because I worked in a lot of different environments, big, huge corporations, small startups. So I do have a lot of experience, and I have taken a lot of punches, and I've learned a lot. So I think I have a lot to offer in that respect. But similar in my experience with jujitsu, I mean, I kind of walked in. I was sort of pressured by my husband. He's like, I've been doing it for uh, you know, a year plus. You would love this. You would love this. I had a dear friend who I grew up in medical devices with, Thomas, who has been doing jujitsu for 20 plus years, he told me 20 years ago, you got to try this, Hawkins. You got to try this. Like, you'd be so good at it. And I was like, I'm not going to go in there and fight people and get my, you know, beat up. No, I don't want to do that. So finally, one day I decided to go in and do it. And I think for me, over the course of, it's just been a little over a year that I've done it. But for me, it was like those, I had the confidence to go in and get in the mat and just do it. Um, and experience it. But it's those little successes. You know, day one, I didn't know what passing guard meant or what an arm bar was or a triangle. But Marty has such an awesome ability, which is why he's such a phenomenal trainer, really to everybody, but definitely to our, our ladies pod. He lets us, you know, have those little successes. So whereas people may Other, other trainers might think that it's better to just beat you down and not let you get anything. And you're just going to have to learn it as you go and figure it out as you go. No, Marty, let us have those little successes. And then we got good enough in that particular area. Then he would, you know, then he'd be a little bit harder on us. But it was those little successes over time that build the confidence. And then it's like, well, I can do that. Like I can get an armbar on Marty. We think we're getting an armbar on Marty. We're. And my husband was like, you know, he's letting you do that. And I'm like, no, I'm actually giving Marty an armbar." What are you talking about? But I believed it. So that, you know, that gave me the confidence to get, take it the next step and take it the next step. And so one of the things um, I think a lot of women do it for self-defense, which is an awesome reason to try jujitsu. Just get the confidence so that if you're in an altercation or you're in a situation that makes you feel uncomfortable, you have the confidence to know that you can fight back. Um, But for me, it's about building that mental and inner strength and confidence that really changes how you present yourself to the world. So for, for example, in my career, even now, after 20 plus years, I still encounter difficult situations, challenging situations that challenge my confidence. And it's like, it, it just, I take a different approach to it now. I think to myself, well, I sometimes think to myself, I could triangle your ass. So you better not. <laughs> or yeah. I just think to myself, you know what? It's that one. We don't
1: teach wa- that, by the way. To your boss. You work with no,
2: it. I'm not going to try. But some of them, some of the people I work with know I do jujitsu and they're like, well, I better shut up because she might choke me out. But um, no, it's really about having that inner confidence that it builds and that inner strength to know, you know, I don't have to put up with this the way that I did before, or I, can, I don't have to keep hitting up against a brick wall. Marty was talking about water over rocks, right? I'm going to just pivot. Maybe I'll try to pivot the way I'm doing things and find that path of least resistance or, you know, find that window of opportunity where I can take a different path, deescalate the situation and still accomplish the goal. So these are things that I didn't think about before. I mean, I was just like, I'd go at it, right? If you want to put resistance in front of me, I'm going to put it right back and stronger. Um, But now it's like, hold on a minute. Like we need to, we're trying to accomplish a goal here. And do I really have to fight everybody to get there? No, like there's other ways to go about it. But I know I can if I needed to.
0: (laughs) And and so so let me ask you this. What is it in your view um, some of the things that women kind of go through and, and think about, and some of their reluctance maybe to take a self-defense class or jujitsu class, um, in your experience, as opposed to men.
2: Yeah. So we've we've done a couple self-defense seminars now, especially with younger girls, um, teenage girls getting ready to leave high school, going to college. Um, you know, I think obviously society. And just in general, women are not, I don't want to say not allowed, but it, it's its out of the norm if a woman has a strong voice or a strong opinion, right, or a strong personality. Um, there's a lot of times that I have experienced people didn't realize that, that it was kind of like They were a little intimidated by my strong personality until other people maybe pointed it out to me that it's not something you're doing wrong. It's just sometimes it's uncomfortable for other people because women aren't traditionally known to have strong personalities and strong voices like men, right? So men are very physical. It's not a problem for a man to go into a jujitsu school and fight it out. They're very physical. It's what they're taught to do. It's what they're raised to do. Whereas women were not taught to be that way, and I, I, my daughter has a very strong personality, right? And so I put her into, we put her into jujitsu a couple of years ago because I want her to understand that it is okay to have a strong personality, it's okay to have a strong voice, and it's okay to be physical. Um, one of the things that I think helps, so I've always been involved in physical fitness. Since I was very young, um, I was heavily into it in my early 20s all the way up until now. I own Pilates Studios. I believe that physical movement is critically important for everybody. Moving your body is incredibly healthy, right? But it's also incredibly important to get any aggression, anger, frustration you might have, whether it's from work, from your family life, whatever it may be, get it out. So that you don't take it home and scream and yell at people or take it out on your family, right? You can take you can get it out on the mat or in a physical environment, and it's just gonna help you kind of de-escalate your own emotions, really, and have a, a, a more peaceful approach to life overall.
0: And is it something that you're gonna keep pursuing?
2: Um, jujitsu Add- Yeah. J- Absolutely. So there's several benefits that have come from jujitsu. I do believe that it has absolutely helped me in my career, and I think it will continue to help me in my career. Um, Just again, there's layers of confidence building, and and also allowing yourself to be a little bit vulnerable. So you get to a point where you come in as a white belt, and then you make it, and you get your blue belt, and then it's like, okay. I'm a little humbled again because people write the expectations. Now you're a blue belt. Now we got to take it up a notch. You're never really kind of mastering it. Even Marty could probably say that you don't. Well, he might've mastered it, but there's always more to learn. Um, So there's that Uh, for me, there's a sisterhood and a bond that I have built with these women that I train with that, is like no other that I have.
1: Yeah, I would also say add to that it's a stress management. It is a jujitsu family. Uh, I mean yeah. the community to be the connectedness that you get in the jujitsu family. I and mean, we both where we where we train at is Danville Jitsu. and I would say most jujitsu places. Are, I would say pretty much Mm -hmm. all of them are a family. I know ours in particular is just such a nice environment. I mean, we have nobody with any attitudes. Everybody's there to help each other. We have good jujitsu. We have, we have world-class jujitsu, but we have, but everybody's there with, with, just giving. Everybody wants to give and, and help everybody else reach their full potential. And to me, everybody's on their own journey. Everybody's on their own journey with jujitsu. Yeah. It's um, I mean, we compete with each other, right? We're in the room. We're literally fighting with each other, but we're really only competing with ourselves. And we only can do is just reach our own potential. And in that, I, I just think it's just a good, good way. And and it kind of does a good yeah. moderation. It kind of has a fine balance of where you're actually. It humbles you at times. But at the same time, it gives you confidence. And yes. so it kind of keeps you in a, in a good thing. You're not going to be haughty in jiu-jitsu because somebody's going to come by and twist your arm. But but it, but at the same time, it gives you a confidence because you do know that you can physically, you know, can get in there and fight people. And you can get in there and, and train. and You're going to be okay. And, yeah, so that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
2: I think I'll do it as long as I can um, because there's always more to learn. And, and I love, you know, what it does for me on many different levels. Um, it also – for women, I think in particular can help you really sort of appreciate your body. It it develops a sense of body awareness like nothing else in my opinion, but you can also appreciate kind of what your body can do and what the limits that you can push it to and the limits you can push past and all of that. So for me, it's just, it'll be a lifelong um, practice. Definitely. Um, It's almost like my religion in a way
0: it's uh <laughs> i so what, what would you say marty if you have somebody that that wanted to do jujitsu jitsu or mma when, and this goes back to the fitness thing and, yeah so, um, so what I always what, do, how how would you do it if you didn't have just say they they you know because we have listeners from all over the world you don't you don't have a gym you don't have a jujitsu gym and how do you do how would you do what, books and how you develop that mindset and that fitness lifestyle and carrie you can chime in on this too that fitness lifestyle, um, maybe not having access to a gym?
1: Can I answer this in two ways? Because uh, there's, there's actually two ways to answer it. If you do have access to a gym, that would be a different – or to gyms. And I'll answer that first. And I'll, I'll answer the your question. So I'm going to kind of answer my own take on this. For for me, it, and it doesn't really translate just to jiu-jitsu, but you want to go somewhere that's comfortable. Like you want to go somewhere that, that's an open environment, and especially if it's something like jujitsu, jitsu which is very – Intimate in a way, you're literally fighting. I would say you want to go to somewhere that's a family atmosphere. Even more important than the great jujitsu would be the the um. I, to me, it's about our human experiences, about being a better person. So you want to put yourself in an environment that's going to make you a better person. And like we have a kids program, um, Mike Mitchell, who who's the owner of the school. Uh, and I know his heart has always been to make the kids better people. Like, yeah. you know, what more important than did you win? How many tournaments? And we have kids that are phenomenal athletes that are winning constantly, but he's more, who did you help today? What did, who did a good thing today in school? And somebody raised their hand. You know, I helped the new kid. I, I actually showed him around school and we'll clap for that. Like that's the, the value as far as being a better person or finding mm-hmm. a, a gym. That's going to, to, to make people better. It's just a good environment. But for what you're saying, um, As far as, I think it's, if it's whatever martial art or whatever you can Mm -hmm. find around the world, it's just, you wanna find something that's gonna make you happy. Some way you can physically work out, and especially if it's a martial art, something that's gonna give you confidence and being able to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. for whatever means or whatever access you have. But it's about happiness, right, to a degree. I mean, we wanna do things, we wanna move, we wanna feel good about ourselves because exercise and just working out makes you a healthier person. And you're healthier, you're happier. And so I just think those are benefits to get yourself in a habit. You know, don't, you can't go and try, you got to kind of put yourself, okay, I'm going to try this and then I'm going to do it a couple of times. I'm going to give this a go. Anything you decide to do, the big trick is, is enjoying it. Yeah. Like she was talking about Pilates. Yeah, if you don't like it, then, oh my gosh, I got to go work out. You kind of hang your head. And, I mean, how long can you do that? But if you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to the gym and do jujitsu or I can't wait to go to Pilates yeah. or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. That's your motivation because you love it so much that it's easy to do it. You get the physical fitness, you get the health and you get the happiness.
2: Yeah, and like anything, it becomes a habit. So you just you just have to take that first step, right? Whatever it is that they that that people find enjoyable. I mean, there's so many different modes of exercise. It's all about, like Marty said, finding what dri- what what drives you and what's fun for you and and what you're what you become passionate about. And it might not just be jujitsu for everybody, um, uh, but You've got to find something to do that allows you to move your body and have some fun.
0: Well, I have to say thank you, thank you so much for being here. I have some, fi- I have some final questions. Oh, you might go ahead, Marty. You want to say? Something I just want to good.
1: say one more thing because, like, you were talking about my fighting career and all that stuff. That was mostly all about me. I'm having so much of a better time, and that's why I wanted to bring Carrie on. it is is a person that's a student to me. I have so much more time because I really feel. Uh, I don't know if the wording the word giving back or or just loving what I do because I, I feel like giving back or doing this um and sharing, which is kind of what jujitsu is about. Like we we're in this sharing um how to get better and to train people. It it's just such more of a fulfillment to help somebody and, and Carrie's one of my students and, and I've seen it benefit her, her husband, her kids, and just all my students. When you can make people uh just feel better about themselves, get exercise, and, and even more important to that, I've seen it change people's lives. They people make jokes; they have the t-shirts that say "Jujitsu Saves," but it's because it's that community. It's because it's a, it's a good addiction to get into. You know, some people have addictions that are negative, but this is an addiction that pulls people out of bad lifestyles and can rechange people. And so that's my focus for jujitsu right now is passing on and just making it a community and being able to teach. And and that's. I just have so much more fun than back when I was fighting and doing all that stuff. So,
0: okay. Well, you Um, get you get you get to have these final questions here, and we got a few more minutes here. So, um, both of you, what do what do both of you want to be remembered for Mm. in your life?
2: I think for me, it's uh, some someone that inspires others to become their best so a lot of the work that I do is about training people and developing people so developing their their innate skills and develop developing them progressing along their career or developing them in a personal way as well so for me it's all about hopefully providing some inspiration in whatever way I can for them to become the best version of themselves
1: yeah, I would agree. I, I think that whole humanism aspect of leaving the world a little bit better place in, in any slight way that you could do that throughout your life is, is always something that we all as humans want to leave the world lifted up a little bit in our own little way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say also that, that it, and personally, I just like the people to go, you know, he was a, I'll use a Yiddish suspension. He was a minch. He was a good person. He was a good man. So. Yeah.
0: And um, so if anybody wants to get a hold of either of you, can you just put a real quick plug in for your jiu and then carry your consulting business? Sure. Do, you want, to hold Do you want to get a hold of
2: Sure, in? sure. Um, so you can find me uh, either on LinkedIn at Carrie Hawkins, K-E-R-I-H-A-W-K-I-N-S. Um, or you can find us uh, going through Danville Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I guess we could put the web, maybe put the website on here. Um, you'll find us there almost and every that's, uh, day.
0: That's Dan- Danville, California, because we have listeners from it. Oh, tomorrow, yes. So. yes. Danville Jiu-Jitsu.
2: Should Danville, throw,
1: California. Throughout there that we're open for seminars? We're open oh, yes. Yeah. So one of the things
2: that Marty and I are collaborating on right now um, is we're putting together self-defense seminars for women. And this is something that we hope to be able to do on a global basis. And um, primarily for me, my my part of what I'm doing with my consulting business is obviously development of people as well. So we're looking at corporate environments, bringing in um, us and and some of our helpers to help teach.
1: Kind of like the art of war, you know, like help corporate environments. So like, you know, read the five wings or read the the rings or the art of war to give people that edge in business to where they, they, you know, to be able to, Pull out the most potential as they can, as is wow. workers and individuals. And well, we also want to do that, you know, like you were saying about young girls and things like
0: that. Yeah. So. Well, I, I appreciate you both being here, and thank you so so much for being here. And I want to thank our our producer Brian Garcia. Thank you very much. And please join us for the next podcast. And uh, if you if you like the podcast, give it a thumbs up and give it a good review. And thank you again so much for being here, you both. And take care and keep learning, everybody. Thanks.
2: For- Bye. Thank uh-huh. you.